0: Hey everybody, my name's Darian. I'm Chesley. And welcome to the Weird Wives Club podcast where we talk about all things like true crime, conspiracies, um, cults and ghost
1: stories and all other creepy stuff. Yeah. So if you're a weirdo like us, come hang out and today we are talking about haunted prisons. Yeah. I am talking about the infamous Alcatraz and I'll give you a little bit of a backstory before we get too far into it because I did not know any of this about Alcatraz before I researched it.
0: I honestly don't know a lot about it myself. Like I know Sweet. of it. I know
1: like the basics that you see in like
0: movies and things like that. But yes. That's, I've never looked into
1: it. So I actually know about the three men who I will talk about later on who escaped and were never seen again. They are presumed dead. Nobody's been able to find their bodies or prove that they've died in any way. I know a lot about that specific story. Everything else knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. So actually, before Spanish explorers arrived in this area, there were only a few people that lived on Alcatraz Island, and it wasn't even called Alcatraz Island. I could not find what it was called to begin with, but The natives that lived in the area actually banished their wicked there. So only a few people lived on the island and they were not known to be good people. The Spanish explorers noted that an eerie light emanated from the island and they believed it to be a bad place. They decided that it was going to be called Alcatraz Island because of the pelicans that lived there. And some people found refuge on the island to avoid being converted to Christianity but not there was still not a ton of people on the island. So in 1848 Mexico ceded Alcatraz to the U.S. and according to the United States it was a really great strategic location for a fort kind of like a Pearl Harbor or things like that and they immediately started fortifying the island. After they began building, the planners of it actually decided that because it was so isolated, it made a better prison than a fort. So they started making what they were building as a fort into a prison. In the late 1850s, the first inmates arrived. Um, Originally, they were military prisoners, and they were forced to build the new prison that was later known to be called The Rock. And so then the U.S. Army housed their military prisoners there until 1933 when the government decided to open it up as a maximum security, minimum privilege penitentiary to deal with the federal government's most incorrigible inmates. So that was the most violent, the most cruel, the ones that tried to escape constantly, treason people that were convicted of treason, things like that. So Alcatraz was actually designed to break the spirit of even the most rebellious prisoners so that they all fell in line. The guards um, put the prisoners into structured, monotonous routines that were not changed and were only given four basic things. Food, clothing, shelter, and medical care. Everything beyond that had to be earned, including hygiene products, books, and other kinds of like comforts, playing cards, stuff like that. Wow. So there was a ton of famous criminals that were there, including Al Capone, George Machine Gun Kelly, Alvin Karpis, Arthur Doc Barker. Um, They all spent time in Alcatraz. Mobsters were known in other prisons to kind of fancify their way into the guards' hearts and kind of like manipulate them to give them what they wanted. So they got special treatment while they were in jail or they got released early because they were able to kind of like manipulate people and pay their way out so when people like Al Capone came into these places the the guards at the prison were like absolutely not dealing with that however i do think Al Capone still got a little bit of special treatment here but we'll get into that so Alcatraz was actually known for having super cruel and brutal punishments and that's one of the ways that they kept prisoners like in line so one of the um, most well-known ways that they got people to follow the rules is called the strip cell. And the strip cell was a kind of a a strip of multiple cells of five what they called whole cells located in the lower part of the d block. And if prisoners refused to follow the rules they risked being sent there for 19 days. So the whole cells or the strip cells They were forced to strip completely naked, and they were only given bread and water once a day. And then they were given a mattress only at night. The toilet was a hole in the floor, no sink. They had no contact with other people. The cell was pitch black, and it was 20 to 30 degrees colder than everywhere else in the prison. Wow. So, um, and it was steel lined. So there's a few different reasons people say it's haunted. Um, in the 1900s, uh, well, there's, there's many reasons that it could be haunted. It could be the, the cruel treatment of the prisoners, the, the nature of the people that were kept there in general could have caused a haunting. The Native American history involved with it, etc., cetera, could really have led to it. There's been multiple battles there, like between guards and prisoners and a lot of death. So in the 1900s, members of the Hopi tribe who resisted the reservation system were sent to Alcatraz as prisoners. The Native Americans were the first to claim the unwanted land of Alcatraz, and a small group of Sioux tribesmen in 1969 claimed that a treaty from 1868 actually gave them the right to reclaim any abandoned federal land. So them and a few other people from a couple other different Native American tribes all got together and they went to go live on Alcatraz Island and the occupation of Alcatraz lasted 19 months. Then the U.S. government decided to cut off their power and cut off their access to clean water to force them off of the island. The natives abandoned their effort in uh, June of 1971 and left the island Many guards today say that they can see Native Americans dancing in circles and then suddenly vanishing. Hmm. Alcatraz is still a place where death often occurs. And from 1933 to 1962, when the, prison, when the prison was open, five random people, three guards, and over a dozen prisoners were murdered and five people committed suicide. Jeez. So a lot of death in just like a little less than 30 years. On the night of May 1st, 1948, the Battle of Alcatraz began. Three prisoners, Bernard Coy, Marvin Hubbard, and Joe Kretzer, which were not the three that I was talking about earlier. I did not know this happened at all. They took multiple guards hostage, and they broke into the armory. Now, obviously, these dudes are, like, armed to the hilt now because they got into the prison armory. And the prison armory was pretty well-stocked anyway because it was going to take a long time for anybody to get to them because they're on this island. It was going to take a while for the marines or the navy or the army or police to get there so they were armed to the hill anyway. Now three men with a revenge plot now have access to the entire armory and are holding guards hostage. So they freed an entire cell block of men and armed them and their Their plot kind of got messed up when they tried to go outside, but their key wouldn't work. So they got trapped and decided to just battle it out with whoever tried to stop them. So Koi Hubbard and Kretzer had two more inmates that decided that they were going to be with them and they had been they had been holding 14 of the guards hostages. Kretzer is actually the one that decided to fire onto the guards first and a bunch of them were wounded in the process. A group of guards were actually able to make it into the cell house, free the hostages, and um, the prisoners kind of retreated to some higher ground to try to get like a better shot, better view. But um, on May 2nd, so the next night, the guards unleashed on the men with small firearms, machine guns, and some mortar fire at all of the prisoners that had been released the prisoners had asked to surrender but warren johnson refused to accept their surrender warden ej miller was wounded in an exchange of gunfire with the inmates and i guess a gas billy club what (laughs) um yeah i didn't believe it existed i understood all the other
0: guns you were talking about but that one i've never heard of so it's
1: like a tear gas club like a baton that that released tear gas released tear gas yes dang so a gas billy club exploded in his face when it was shot while it was in his hand so he got wounded and on the third day of the battle so may 3rd warden johnson who refused to accept their surrender was like super over it so he brought in the marines when he could have i mean he could have just accepted their surrender you know like that would have been fine. But he got salty and he decided to bring in the Marines instead. And the Marines came in and just killed all three of the inmates. And when it was finished, two prison guards were dead and 14 of them were wounded. Which is great. I mean, I'm glad the Marines, like, got it together and, like, took care of it or whatever. I'm not saying that the, the, they, that the prisoners needed to be, like, treated with any kind of decency after going around shooting everybody but what i'm saying is you probably could have made it easier on yourself if you had just like been like oh okay you surrender great like let's move on but you had to make it worse (laughs) yeah um so in 1976 in the same area that the um the three men were shot a night security guard reported hearing clanging noises and some people hear moans, and in 1982, a reporter named Ted Wignett, who was super skeptical of paranormal activity, spent the night in the corridor where the three men had died, and he said that he felt inexplicable anger, and he had the urge to shoot someone the entire night. And he says that he believes that their energy lingers in the halls. Hmm. I just got chills. This is yeah. I had. Like, <laughs> mm. So, another place that's be- believed to be haunted is cell 14D, which is one of the whole cells or the strip cells. And many visitors and employees uh, feel like a raw coldness and have claimed to feel like super intense feelings, like while in there, like of anger or sadness or. Whatever, just like all of a sudden just like super big waves of emotion hit them. Um, In 1940s, a prisoner was allegedly locked in 14D and he screamed throughout the entire night that a creature with glowing eyes was killing him. And this creature was known among all the prisoners as the Thing. And the Thing wasn't always reported to be in the D block. It kind of seemed to like roam around the grounds and it kind of took some different forms at night it was dark it was like a dark shadow with glowing eyes and in the day it kind of took on different aberrations of whatever would kind of scare the inmates the most it seemed like um so victims of theirs or family members that may have abused them or whatever it kind of took on this like whatever scared them the most and Inmates, guards, and other people have all seen a man roaming the guard the grounds in 19th century clothing. So it's kind of this little like shapeshifter type thing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the next day, the man in the 14D cell in the 14D cell. I'm sorry, the man in the 14D cell was found strangled to death with strangle stra- with strangulation marks around his neck. Hmm. Now, if I was an inmate. And this man was screaming all night while I was trying to sleep about an imaginary creature. I'd think about strangling him, too. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> no one claimed responsibility, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but the next day, um, when the guards did a head count, they counted one too many prisoners. And some of the guards claimed to have seen the man that was killed in the lineup and then vanish. Jeez, Crazy. Jeez, that's... Mm. So Warden Johnson um, was also known as the Golden Rule Warden and apparently Johnson and his group heard someone sobbing from inside the prison walls and then a cold wind whisked past the group and Johnson could never explain any reason for the occurrences so he believes that Alcatraz is haunted and he's the one that would not accept their surrender so <laughs> he's a he's a catch. Yeah, uh, he's a mess. Um, so in cell blocks A, B, and C, visitors have claimed to have heard moaning and crying. And a psychic wrote that while he was in block C, he encountered a very disruptive spirit named Butcher. Prison records do show that there was an inmate in block C who murdered Abby Maldowitz, which was a mob hitman known as the Butcher. Ooh. <laughs> um, so Al Capone, like I said, uh, Al Capone spent his last years in Alcatraz and he was actually so worried that he would be killed in Alcatraz that he would not spend his recreational time in the prison yard with everybody else. He asked to spend his recreational time playing his banjo in the shower room. So he got to do that. He also had some other luxuries like a radio. He had cell one eighty one, which was the only cell in all of Alcatraz to be carpeted. Ew. Yeah. For Alcatraz, he was treated pretty good for having a radio, a carpet, and like a banjo. He was he was doing pretty well for himself there. Um, but then he was stabbed by an inmate on June twenty third, nineteen thirty six. That
0: is a ballsy inmate.
1: Yeah, and this this guy was already worried that he was going to get stabbed, so he was already on, like, high guard, and he got stabbed anyway. Anyway, so he was released from Alcatraz to spend the rest of his days in hospital care. He already was on the verge of losing his mind. He was already dying from untreated syphilis, so the stabby stab didn't really help with the craziness or the syphilis, So um, he got to spend the rest of his days in hospital care. Good for him. A park ranger claims to have heard banjo music coming from the shower room and was completely unaware of the history of Alcatraz, Al Capone, the banjo, everything. He had no idea. And he could not find a reason for the sound, but he documented the event anyway, like a good park ranger should. What a babe. So other visitors and employees have also heard banjo music throughout different areas in the prison, but the most popular place is the shower room. There was actually an original lighthouse on Alcatraz and it was replaced in the early 1900s and the original was completely torn down, but there are many reports that on foggy nights, the old tower will appear, a shrill whistle will sound, And a green light flashes slowly around the entire island. Once it circles, it completely disappears just as quickly as it comes up. And nobody can explain why, obviously. Creepy.
0: I can't even imagine. Like, you're just sitting there and you see just a poo and then light and then gone. I'm just like, did I smoke something? Because (laughs) I don't remember smoking something, but I just saw it.
1: Yeah, I I can't imagine that. (laughs) Yes. So... There are somewhere between 8 and 13 men who have died trying to escape from Alcatraz. The reason they don't say 13 is because 5 are presumed dead, but 8 are confirmed dead. So no one has thought to have made it, but there was an almost really super successful attempt on June 12, 1962. And we don't know if it was actually a successful attempt or if they died at sea. So on June 12th, John and Clarence England and Frank Morris tunneled their way out of their cells and entered the friggin' cold waters of the San Francisco Bay in the middle of the night using makeshift life preservers. And the plan was nearly flawless. They had created papier-mâché dummies... And to fool the guards, and it totally works. They even used their own hair on it and, like, tucked it in. Nevertheless, the men never turned up. They don't know where they went. No bodies ever showed up. And it is thought that the three men drowned. But in 2013, the FBI was sent a letter signed by John Anglin 51 years after he was declared dead. Ooh. And the FBI was freaked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there were only 14 attempts over nearly 30 years that Alcatraz Penitentiary was open. And 36 inmates were involved in these attempts. 23, 23 were captured. Six were shot. Two were drowned. And five, like I said, are presumed dead. But were never found. Um, among those who died were um, was Arthur Doc Barker who, with four others, got out of their cells and all the way to the shore, and as they were trying to make a makeshift raft, the guards opened fire on them and killed Doc, and then got the rest of the men back inside, and they put them in the D-block, which is the the no bueno zone. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's some other odd events that people, including guards and guests and uh, urban explorers, etc have experienced such as smelling smoke but not being able to find a source of a fire Um, crying moaning cold spots uh, claims that people have seen ghosts of prisoners and military personnel and Native Americans but due to the huge cost of refurbishing the prison Alcatraz was closed in 1963 as a prison and the United States later decided to open it up um, I'm sorry the United States Park Services actually decided to open it up later uh, for public tours. So now you can go and tour it, which sounds like so much fun. I want to go so badly. Me too.
0: So so badly. I want to go to Eastern State Penitentiary too. But let's just make it has a,
1: a cross country road trip. Yes, both directions. Well, I mean they
0: they have. There's a ghost like road trip that somebody has where you hit like it's like a long road trip. Obviously, but they have like certain. Spots. If you'd so, like to do that, we'll open up a GoFundMe. <laughs> yes, I think that would be so much fun to go to these places. And Ghost Adventures has been to Alcatraz and yeah, seen all that. um Yeah, I would love to go. That would be so much fun. But I would, me being the slight skeptic that I am, I want to go and I want to go
1: like at night. Uh, I yeah. want to go see stuff terrifying. I know it's I. So I'm, f- Places it's they terrifying. do open it up for nighttime, but some places they don't. And I think it's, I think it's okay to go during the daytime. I just think it adds to the spook factor. Exactly. I mean, if I were to go, obviously
0: I would not be by myself at
1: all. I'd be there. Yes. I'd bring Jackson. I'm protection. I'm like a bulldog, and Jackson is like your small chihuahua. <laughs> like I look scary, <laughs> but Jackson is actually terrifying. Yes.
0: <laughs> the big dogs think that it's like the role reversal. You know, the little chihuahua thinks are the big one. The big dog thinks it's a
1: little buddy. Yeah. Buddy. I mean, between the four of us, Logan is the most, like, physically intimidating, but then he'd just, like... Hug you. He's a teddy <laughs> But I think he'd protect us. I think so. But that's why I vote myself the scariest person in the group. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's Alcatraz. Pretty crazy. That is crazy. Is it my turn? It is your oh, turn. No, no. I didn't want... I was like... No, go for it. <laughs> so I definitely funny. want to add that
0: when we were going through these topics, like we were talking about at lunch... Mm-hmm. We text each other and we try to figure out what we want to do for the following weeks. And you were like, let's do Penn State. And I was like, cool. I look up Penn State and there was like three different haunted places. (laughs) And I was like, I mean, I could honestly, I could have done any of them and it kind of would have gone along because it's all haunted places. But then I was like, well, Eastern State Penitentiary, that's a prison. She's doing Alcatraz. I'm pretty sure she means this one because there was an (laughs) asylum and like another haunted place it's so like we're gonna do this one and tomorrow i'll find out but i did the right one look at me go
1: <laughs> yes immediately when i sent you like when you said that to um that there was three i was like oh crap is like penn state actually haunted did i did she do a college <laughs> i'm
0: like talking about the history and
1: everything like nothing bad has ever happened here <laughs> just a basic i don't know being. if anything bad happened at penn state i'm sorry if it has <laughs>
0: Yeah, so it is a former prison that is located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It was opened from 1829 and closed in 1971. And this prison kind of refined, like, the system of, like, separate incarceration, which actually first started in, or at the Walnut Street Jail. And this kind of emphasized on more, like, reforming the prisoners rather than just full-blown punishment. Yeah. Nice. Um, once it was finally completed the prison was one of the largest and most expensive public structures ever built in the u.s and it also became the model for more than 300 prisons around the world Hmm. so yeah and in this prison it throughout its time being open it saw about like 75,000 prisoners and it usually had about like 1200 to 1700 at a time Um, and some of the most famous criminals so al capone was here and We'll we'll post the pictures of both of his cells on Instagram. The one here, he was definitely given better treatment here. Treated like a king. He was, as we say now, he was gangster shit. Like, (laughs) (laughs) he was... He literally was a gangster. He was a legit gangster and treated as much. He had so much pull. Like, there was even a time where somebody came over and, like, saw him, was talking about going to the show and al capone was like hey you want tickets and he's like oh no i've got it well he ended up going and buying four tickets and had a guy bring them to the guy for this like show wow yeah so i'm like how nice from the prison and this prison is all about like kind of solitary confinement yeah um, but he was still able to do all of that still able to do all that and then another one the guy's name was willie sutton he was a bank robber um very famous bank robber known as Slick Willie. He spent 11 years at Eastern State. In 1945, along with 11 other prisoners, they tried to escape. And what had happened over like the course of like a year, they had dug a tunnel, almost a 100 foot tunnel, underneath the entire prison. And they tried to escape, but he was caught like right after getting out. Like he dug out. It was like they caught him like right when they were getting out. Oh my gosh. But over the course of his like criminal career, he was credited to robbing over fifty banks, three successful escapes from prison. He served thirty years behind bars, but he died in nineteen eighty. Next one was James Bruno. He and six other male relatives were sent to jail for the I don't know how to pronounce this uh, it's K-E-L-A-Y-R-E-S. I say Claris. I don't think that's right, but it was a Calaris massacre in, on November 5th, 1934. Bruno was known as like the Republican boss of the town. And during a parade, when the parade passed by Bruno's house, it was fired upon, killing three people immediately and two later on. Bruno and his brother Phil received life sentences and Bruno ended up escaping from prison and was on the FBI's top 10 most wanted list for about eight months until he was found. And when that that manhunt was known as the largest manhunt at the time. So it was wow. like a big deal. People who fired upon it were obviously him and his six relatives. They were all later paroled. No one ever admitted guilt and no motive was ever found.
1: Man, you got six relatives that would not throw you under the bus.
0: Seriously. Like. I don't even know if I got two. My freaking mom would throw me under the bus. Like, come on. That's what I'm
1: thinking. I don't even think my mama would lie for me. (laughs) Let
0: alone my sisters. She did it. Mm -mm, They'd be
1: throwing me under the bus. (laughs) They'd be driving the bus. One would be driving, the other would be kicking. (laughs)
0: Right. the next one so i was only gonna include a few criminals and then i ended up going to eastern states um their website and i found some more notorious like criminals a few of them were kind of like okay whatever well this one I think you'll <laughs> okay have- whatever you- i'm not even gonna say why but just listen so it was his name is morris the rabbi bulber he went to prison eastern state in 1942 he was serving a life sentence as a member of an arsenic murder ring located in philadelphia he was called a veteran witch doctor and compounder of charms. Bulber was one of the leaders of this group, and he, they, this group appealed to women who were willing to murder their husbands. They did not only use arsenic, though, but in order to collect their husbands' insurance policies. Man, he a modern day
1: aqua. Yep, I was
0: like, as soon as I thought, I was like, ooh, I have to include him. Um, but he, but between 1932 and 37, this group was responsible for the deaths of at least 30 people. 16 men and women were convicted for participating in the syndicate, including Bulber, Horace Perlman, who also served time at Eastern State for the murders. But yeah, oh. I thought that was, like, super interesting. I was like, how oh, cute! <laughs> men can jump on that bandwagon.
1: He probably got a little bit of a cut from the from the insurance money, but, like, probably, why not? Probably, he helping. right. And, you know what? He didn't rat out any women, and I'm cool with that. Right, right. You know, he can he can have the insurance money if he's gonna keep his mouth shut like he that. Be like he go, slide a- across the table. I don't want to kill my husband right now. His insurance isn't that high. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you're
0: safe for now, uh, Logan. You're safe <laughs> for now, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> and so, one of the things about the prison it is currently a U.S. National Historic Landmark. It is opened seven days a week. 12 months a year and is open from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Sick. I want to go. Yeah. So badly. Um, I'm going to talk about the design of the prison because it's a very odd shape. Like, let me, let me show you the picture real quick. Or we'll post these. So this is what the prison looks like. That is the whole. Oh, yeah. It's kind of cute. I think it's been redone, but like, you can see that these are all different. It's like areas. a star. Yes. Um the guy who designed his name was John Haviland and the, it was opened on October 25th 19, not 19 sorry it was opened on October 25th 1829 and is considered to be like the, fir- the world's first true penitentiary. Okay. Um, it is dubbed the Pennsylvania system or separate system which encouraged like separate confinement as their form of rehabilitation.
1: Where were they before?
0: Yeah. Um in this prison, the warden legally had to visit every single inmate every single day to make like to check on them. Um, the this Pennsylvania system they opposed the Auburn system or New York system, which forced the prisoners to work together in silence and would subject them to physical punishment. One mm. of the one of the prisons that they mentioned was like Sing Sing. Um, The prisoners were originally housed in cells that could only be entered from like a small like exercise yard near like the back of the prison, and there was only like a small like door or latch to pass meals through, but they later, while it was being constructed, they realized that was kind of impractical and changed it to allow the prisoners to enter and leave their cells through small metal doors, and their doors were kind of odd too, so they had the metal main door, Mm -hmm. but then they had a wooden door outside of it, which was used to like, muffle sounds, because these prisoners were not allowed to talk to each other, or see each other. Um, In the first kind of prison. Yeah. No, no, and just in the prison in general. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and the halls, the reason why they're like that star, they were designed to kind of have, like, the feel of, like, a church. It is very religion-based on like, why they did certain things. Some people do say that the doors were small, so that way it made it harder for prisoners, like, to get out. It helped minimize attacks on, like, guards and stuff. But they were still able to, like, reach through, like, there's certain cell blocks where they ended up having to put, like, bars underneath the catwalk because prisoners could reach out and push guards over the edge. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because, like, the the hallways are extremely tiny, so they were able to do all that stuff um it also the doors also forced prisoners to kind of like bow when they walked in because it was very you had to like duck in and that hints at like like i said the religious inspirations of the prison design each of the cells had like a small single skylight which was told to represent the eye of god to make prisoners understand that god's always watching so that was interesting each of the cells had their own like personal exercise yards like I said they were not allowed to see each other to talk to each other you didn't even know who was next to you you weren't allowed to know who was there and who was not but the walls were high enough that you couldn't jump over them obviously Um, they couldn't communicate the exercise schedule was made to where no two prisoners next to each other were out at the same time so they would like skip every other every other person but they did allow some of the some of the prisoners to like they had they had gardens they could tend to they were even allowed to have pets there dang yeah so they were they were kind of like it was very like structured to be a certain way but they did have a few things they were allowed to do and then anytime a prisoner had to leave his cell to go somewhere a guard would cover his face with a hood to keep other prisoners from recognizing like who was there so each cell was kind of, they were, they were very weird. So they each had like a faucet with running water. They also had a flushing toilet and the pipes that went into it were curved and that helped with like the central heating of the place. And like throughout the winter months, they would have hot water ran through it so that would try to keep the cells somewhat warm. And the
1: toilets were remotely flushed twice a week by the guards. More. So they didn't flush them when they were done nope. it, I'd be nope. so good <laughs> 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 like, I am waiting what
0: day are you what day are you flushing? okay I will wait until then. Thank wait. you Thanks. Um, got it. but uh <laughs> so the individual treatment system as it was called, was the form of punishment and it was thought to be the most effective because they were all separate from each other which I'm like okay whatever. Um, as I talked about earlier about Willie, on April 3rd, 1945, there was a major escape where in, where inmates, a few inmates, including Willie, uh, managed to dig and hide. They hid the, the tunnel, so they were able to dig this, like, 100-foot tunnel and conceal it from guards. They never knew it was there. And when the prison was being renovated, they found, like, in the 30s, they found an additional 30 incomplete tunnels that were trying to be dug. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And they didn't even yeah. know about it. Yep. Um, Like I was saying earlier, it did become a became a landmark, but it became a landmark in 1965. The prison closed in 1971, and most of the guards and prisoners were then transferred to Greaterford Prison, which was not too far away. So after the transfers, the city purchased the prison with intentions of redeveloping it, and there were proposals that included a mall and a luxury apartment surrounded by the old prison walls. Those both sound like
1: terrible ideas. There were no women on this team. (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) They're like, luxury, hmm, prison. No one wants to turn a a prison where people have died and where murderers were held into a mall or a luxury apartment complex. See, I say that, but I'm like okay we do
0: but
1: no. <laughs> no. I would not don't. want it to be a mall I think it's a much better like museum oh yeah that's discussion.
0: what I hate is I, I hate when I hear that people are bit like tearing down buildings and stuff one of the things so while the prison was kind of abandoned for a little bit after it closed while they were trying to figure out what the heck to do with it and from like from the time that it closed to like the late 80s is kind of the timeline of when it was abandoned and a little forest and a, they quoted forest kind of grew in all the cell blocks and it became home to many stray cats. <laughs> and they have...
1: Instead of a luxury apartment luxury complex, apartment like it became a cat, cat, cat hotel. Yes.
0: <laughs> and it didn't ba- open back up until 1994, and then it was open to the public for tours. Um, let's see. So, one thing that I did read, there, there was a few, like, notable visitors that came by. Ah. Um, one of them was Charles Dickens. What? Like, legit Charles Dickens. I think if Charles
1: Dickens is being, like, super old.
0: Yeah, he was. Like, Um, I guess it was around
1: in the 1800s, so I shouldn't say that, but...
0: Well, yeah, he ended up writing stuff about it and said that the prison was very bad and the people who created the solitary system don't understand what they actually did. Because I think it was in 1913, they actually went did away with, like, the solitary thing because it just did not work. Man, but they're allowed to have dogs. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, talking about Charles Dickens and then Alexis de Tocqueville? I don't know who that is. Yeah, they they came by and saw it. Visitors could speak with the prisoners in their cells, proving that the inmates were not isolated, though the prisoners themselves were not allowed to have any visits with family or friends during their stay. So I was like... Jeez. Yeah, I was like, dang. And most of the early prisoners that were there at the beginning were um, incarcerated for like petty crimes, like robberies. um,
1: Now, see... If they were, like, a serial killer or, like, a, a child molester or something that's, like, really, really bad, I'd be like, yeah, no, you don't get to see your kid. Mm-hmm. You're a jerk. Yeah. But, like, petty crimes, let them see their mama. Yeah.
0: But they were they had, like, um like there was muggers, pickpockets, purse snatchers, burglars, and first-time offenders often served two years. Holy cow. Yeah. I'm like, dang. So the penitentiary was not, obviously, they didn't want to just punish the prisoners they're trying to reform them but they were wanting to move the criminal toward like a spiritual reflection and change them um some people say that the pennsylvania system was quaker inspired and there is a little evidence to support oh. that the organization <laughs> that promoted the eastern state's creation is the was the society for alleviating the miseries of public prisons okay but is now known as today as pennsylvania prison society oh that's a better name <laughs> yeah they figured that out <laughs> opponents of the system believed strongly that the criminals exposed to like silence not being able to talk to anybody and they got to sit with the thoughts of their behavior and the ugliness of their crimes and they would become like better and reformed i can tell you right now sitting alone with my thoughts
1: is rough like, well i was thinking it, especially you were, if i had done something really bad seriously like, like
0: well, whenever you were describing alcatraz how they didn't get anything yeah i can't even like sit on my bed without having to do something let alone if you had actually done something bad seriously like knowing that you and most of those people didn't a lot of people didn't just do it once like they'd done multiple bad things so it's like to sit there i doubt they were that worried about it though yeah genuinely oh, you did something bad? Sit here by yourself. You're fine. But there was, like, in the reality of the actual prison, though, so they were supposed to, they didn't want to just punish. Mm-hmm. That's what set them apart from other prisons. They weren't just there to punish. They wanted to reform them. But guards and counselors of the facility, they had designed, like, a bunch of, like, physical and psychological torture for certain, like, things. They would, um, in the winter months, they would douse prisoners in. Freezing water, leaving them outside until ice started to, like, form on their skin. This is some shining nonsense. Um, Yeah. They would also... So, this one I didn't understand, and they talked about it in Ghost Adventures 2. They would chain their tongues to their wrists in a certain, like, in a certain way. So, that way, and they would... uh, That way, whenever they would struggle it would pull their tongue off and like stretch their tongue and rip their tongue and i'm just like oh
1: my god how do you chain a tongue to a wrist
0: i don't know and then they would also trap prisoners into chairs with tight leather strengths for days and they did also have a hole they put the worst behaved prisoners in a pit called the hole which was an underground cell block that was dug under cell block 14 where Mm. they had no light no human contact and barely any food, as long for as long as two weeks. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So I'm like, goodness.
1: I thought they were supposed to be the nice prison. Yeah.
0: So the prison that the inmates end up transferring to, which was Greaterford, they opened in the 1920s after some disturbances happened at Eastern State. The Pennsylvania Prison Board opened it to assume functions of Eastern State. Prior to its closing in the late 1969, Eastern State, which was known as the State Correctional Institution of Philadelphia, they had established like a far-reaching program of group therapy with the goal of having like all the inmates involved. So from and then from 1967, when the plan was initiated, the program seemed to be kind of successful many of the inmates that were involved were were voluntary and the groups were led by therapists one or two therapists specifically one from the psych staff and then the second was like a prisoner officer eastern state penitentiary is now a museum and historic site that is open all the time there are guided tours offered during the winter and during the warmer months self-guided recorded tours with headphones are also available which is narrated by steve buscemi oh sick. i know I, thought, I was like that's awesome and they even have a scavenger hunt for kids. That's I'm like, cute. I would not want my kid going around to prison for a scavenger hunt. Sure, why not? <laughs> I'd be
1: down. Send them there. Somebody do scared straight, like the Diet Edition.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, visitors there are allowed to walk into like specific, specially marked, like solitary cells. Um, but most of them are off limits and are filled with like major neglect and rubble. Like those like mm-hmm. in that chair, like it's just crumbling. You can see the city skyline from the prison courtyard, which still has the original baseball backstop and the chain link fence, which was like the outfield wall. Oh, cool. Which was there to keep, like, home run balls inside the grounds. And in the museum, there's also a camera that is pointed, like, over where the guard center towers are uh, that shows, like, the visitors, like, what it looks like to be an, like, a correctional officer, like, standing, like, watching over. Mm -hmm. And it looks pretty cool. They see about... 220,000 visitors each year. They have religious murals in the prison's chaplain's office that was painted in 1955 by an inmate, Lester Smith. And it remains visible to guests despite the damage from, like, exposure to light and stuff. Mm. And then the tour ends with an exhibit titled Prisons Today, Questions in the Age of Mass Incarceration, which informs them, informs the guests about the U.S. prison system today and its failings. Mm-hmm. They do have this, like, haunted house thing every year called Terror Behind the Walls. <laughs> it first took place on Halloween in 1991, and they have, like, short little theatrical performances. They do, like... True tales of like the prison murders and stuff. Um, they in 2001 it was broken up into three different like haunted attractions, including a 3D haunted house. At the time, it was only the, it was the only 3D haunted house in southeastern Pennsylvania and one of the first in the United States. There are pictures of victims killed by inmates incarcerated here. They've also had like a lot of pop culture references, but like things happen. So because it's like so like ominous, it's been used for lots of different kinds of television programs films they have lots of paranormal tv shows like ghost adventures ghost hunters buzzfeed unsolved and in tv's fear it was also used in an episode of cold case titled the house which dealt with the murder of an inmate um steve ushimi also directed a mo- or a film called animal factory and like it portrayed like the prison and like the state of the Advancing Decay. Oh, that's that why really
1: he gets cool. to narrate it then. Yep. It's like a documentary? Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, in
0: 1924, the Pennsylvania governor, Gifford Pinchett, had allegedly sentenced Pep, the cat murdering dog, to a life sentence at Eastern State. He had allegedly murdered the governor's wife's cherished cat. And he even had his own inmate number. He was number C2559. And he has a mugshot. Oh. But, don't worry, he uh, his actual reason for incarceration, like there's kind of some debate about it, but um, they actually say that he was like donated to the prison to like help like morale. Um. Yeah. So now let's get to the haunted stuff. The last part of this. So there, obviously, Ghost Adventures has been there. They had some crazy experiences there. Like I, I watched it and I've seen it before, but it's been a very long time because it's in season two. Mm-hmm. So it's a one of their
1: earlier. It's like, been a while. It's been a while
0: back when they actually used like when they put X's down every time they'd do the walkthrough and stuff and I don't know it it was crazy and he what was really funny is at one point Zach they found like one of the they were trying to find like an entrance to one of the tunnels and Zach goes back and like jumps the fence and goes and looks and he's like keep a lookout he walks and he's like there's something over here and a cat pops out and he screams (laughs) it was great it is considered one of the most haunted places in the world. People hear someone crying out in like extreme pain, as if they're being tortured. They've all, people have also seen orbs, streaks of light appearing and then disappearing. Obviously, people say they hear disembodied sounds of like someone walking through the prison halls. Mm-hmm. Because it's such in a, like an advanced state of decay, there's dirt everywhere. So when you walk, you can hear every step. Yeah, and people say you can hear all the footsteps. Um, people hear them, their name being called. People get tapped on the shoulder, of course, and they turn around. There's nobody there. They hear loud music and sadistic laughter. They also hear, of course, like the slamming, like the sound of slamming cell doors. They hear like the keys and stuff jiggling. Mm-hmm. At this place, there was a lot of death. There were a lot of murders, obviously, but there was quite a bit of suicides. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually learned this through Ghost Adventures because I couldn't find. They have a death ledger. That shows all of the deaths that were there and i couldn't find it anywhere like that i could see like anything online but they showed it in where where zach actually had to put gloves on to like look through it and there was like a lot of suicides by hanging a guy slit his own throat there's there's lots and lots and lots of things that go on here um there was a, a locksmith guy who he calls it like he called the penitentiary a giant haunted house. He was trying to remove a lock in cell block floor, and he said, I had this feeling that I was being watched like super intensely. I turned and I'm looking down the block, and I know there's nobody there. A few seconds later, I get the same feeling. I'm really being watched. I turn around and I look down the block, and I don't see anything. And as I start to turn on the block, this black shadow just leaps across the block. He, he claims that he saw the faces of tortured souls like suddenly like appear on like the cell walls. And I'm like, that's odd.
1: Well, thank you guys so much for listening. If you have a crazy story about whatever that you want to share with us, you can send us a message on Instagram at Weird Wives Club Podcast or on Twitter at Weird Wives Club. You can also email us at WeirdWivesClub at gmail.com or on our website at ww.weirdwivesclub.wakesite dot com backslash podcast. Yeah, or check us out on TikTok at weird
0: wives club yeah we're there too <laughs> i think you can message us on there right
1: yes you can right. message us on
0: there we just want to know if there's anything you guys want to share and we can talk about it anything crazy anything cool anything scary that you're legally allowed to talk about <laughs>
1: we have to that. where there is <laughs> legally <laughs> thank you don't get yourself or us in trouble thanks well thanks for listening Bye. bye <laughs>